This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Steven, and I play Ulrich Orman, a gnome ranger, hexblade warlock, and chief arrow of the Warden Scout in Nui Satalis. And this is Advantage. night passed, and then the day was spent prepping for your raid on Maldo Keep. You four, as you think about your assignment, setting the arcane battery in the heart of the keep and bringing it to blow, what are you making sure to bring with you? You can be a little bit creative as far as like tools go and stuff. Well, I know I don't need to bring rope <laughs> because someone else will have that taken care of. You say it out loud as you're <laughs> gathering things. You say you need rope. Don't worry about it. I've got plenty. Speaking of rope, don't forget you had that grappling hook. Oh, uh, yeah. With that 10-second quarter. The, the super crazy grappling hook. Use your lunch grappling hook. The fast and the grappling uh, hook. What else? Definitely the bags of holding. I'm probably just spending all day fiddling with the magic battery trying to figure, figure out the ins and the outs of it. Marge comes over to you at one point, Alaris. Uh, do you have that all ready to go? Got a remote detonator on that thing yet? Or do you need to build one? Uh, I think I need to build one. You know, if you give me that cable thing you're fiddling with and one of your mining charges, I'll take the detonator and I'll get it rigged for you. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. You you bet. And then she uh, holds out her hand for a high five. High five back. Nice. We do still have those potions of fire resistance. You do? There's no reason not to bring them. When you got a bag of holding, the world is your oyster. (laughs) The only thing that can't go in there is the battery. Or another bag of holding. Or another mm-hmm. bag of holding. <laughs> or, or a portable okay, hole. There are things that cannot go <laughs> in the bag of holding. Nah, we hear But we, few limitations. We make a, a rig that's set to where when we pull one thing, the battery drops into a bag of holding, into a bag of holding, into a portable hole, and just destroys the entire universe. <sighs> it, it would end mm. the game. There'd be no great scuffle. It would solve the problem. Yeah. Wait, so remind, remind me of what happens when you put a bag of holding in a bag of holding? Everything inside of it, and I think around it, gets like port, like teleported to so another plane of existence. So what if we did do that as Something like that. the battery's detonating? Then would we detonate another plane? It would detonate into your pocket universe. These are questions for future bombing missions. <laughs> Marge is standing there with kind of her with her jaw agape. I thought you were about to say that you're planning on just like figuring it out in the moment when you're down there. And I'm glad that you're planning some future bombing missions and not trying to do that on this one. Well, you know, potential future bombing missions. Yeah, right. Sure, sure. but oh man. You know, we have... Make sure you do some research before just saying, beep it, doing it live. We have some restraint. We could have, like, you know, drained the arcane power from the Palace of Winter, but we didn't. Her jaw slacks, and she walks away. (laughs) Joe, is there anything cool and spicy 
that can be done with the battery, like in the oh, little bit of downtime like, we you have. Put flames on it. <laughs> Morlinde has that bedazzling kit. I mean, what kind? What kind of spicy are we talking about? I, I have this the sword of answering, right? Like the long sword, but I'm not quite as good with long swords. I mean, I, I know that like, mm. could I like remove the the magical energy from the sword of answering and move it to like a finesse weapon of some sort? I like where you're going. We could this. do that. You're, you're going to de-enchant your longsword and put it on, like, a rapier or something? Yeah, like a rapier or a short sword, like a weapon, that, a finesse weapon where you can use dexterity as yeah. opposed to strength. You can do that. Well, then I'll, I'll spend some time doing that. Okay, do you have a finesse weapon there available for you? I mean, yeah, I have a, I have a, oh, I do have yeah. a rapier on me. I'll give that to you then. You can take all your magical properties and uh, switch that over from your longsword. Cool. Congratulations, you broke D&D. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I'll be honest. Zach could tell me that he has something in this game, and I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah you probably do. That sounds like something you remember, and I don't. Well, I have it all in D&D Beyond. <laughs> I'm just not worried about it. <laughs> That's not something game-breakable enough that I'm like, ah, gonna fight. Audit. <laughs> yeah. There's no way he has a rapier. This is bullshit, <laughs> Zach. You're trying to pull the wool over my eyes. <laughs> Not to mention we're in like a bivouac with a bunch of rebels that probably have a bunch of random weapons lying around. So finding a mundane light weapon would probably be pretty easy. While others in the bivouac are preparing in their own way, Takis went straight to work enchanting a teleportation in the bivouac to create one end of the gate. It's a long process that in included a six-hour cook time for the magics to really settle into the arcane patterns that he draws on the floor of the cave. Uh, at evening mess, everyone reports that they're ready. Takis stands and gives Commander Kali Orlik a thumbs up. C-Squad is ready! The teleportation circle is set here in the cave. All we need to do is set its pair in the keep and we'll be in and out! Herrick and Briston report, Squad A is ready. All blades have been sharpened. All tools have been laid out. We are ready for the command. Next B stands. The Tyrant's Bane is ready. Marge helped me with a project this afternoon. Uh, we took the chimney fogger that was attached to the camp stove that transformed the black smoke into a white haze, and we uh, converted it to a mobile cloud mask. Uh, then Marge continues. It took some tinkering, but next, B and I rigged it to the tyrant's bane to keep it hidden during flight, so people will just see a quick-moving cloud. But that's way less suspicious and scary than a flying dragon skiff. Then she looks over and gives a little aside to uh, Alaris. I was like, "Hey, uh, next, B pulled me away from working on the detonator to take care of this project, so I didn't quite get it finished. I'll work on it during the mission, though, while the teleportation there is, uh, is, is cooking, and it'll be done, I swear. Okay. I have doubts, said Stephen the player. Wink, says Joe the dungeon master. <laughs> Callie then looks at you for B-Squad, what's your report? Uh... uh. I think we're ready. Time to get this over with. <clears throat> yeah, I'm ready. Ready? She rolls her eyes at you four. <laughs> all right then. C-Squad, you're first in. Takis, Marge, Aurel, be ready to ship out with next B after your meal. 
The sooner we can get that teleportation circle linked, the sooner we can blow it to the Nine Hells. Ulrich, you hear Briston add, and get Echo out. After sunset, you watch the Tyrant's Bane fly Sea Squad down into Kala's Valley. This is the first time you've really seen the craft fly without being in it, and you're not sure if it's awkward or graceful in its motion. At some point, Marge flips on the cloud mask and it disappears into haze. Nothing to do but wait. You think about their assignment, Sea Squad's assignment. Their job is to sneak into the keep, make their way to the storeroom, and immediately begin work constructing the teleportation circle. They brought with them an object, a plate from mess to bind it to the bivouac. Unfortunately, that link can only go one direction, from the stores back to the mountain where you are now. How are you spending this time? Well, we're just like waiting. Waiting for this first movement to get underway. I'm uh, trying to like be around Briston as much as possible. and seen him in a while and... You know, still feel weird after our last encounter, our last discussion. And so, mm-hmm. not really saying or doing a whole lot, just being close. He seems reciprocative. Um, probably looking up a lot, yeah. looking towards Celestia. Maybe a quick prayer to Bahamut and Moradin for guidance and strength. Dwarf Father, it is under your guidance and blessing that we are carrying out this mission. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Bah- Bahamut, as I have come to you many times, guide my blade so that it finds the unjust and does your work on the cusp. Harum. Harum. Uh, you looked back down from looking at the constellations, and Haddock is there with you. You're down for a game of cards. <sighs> Always. Takes you to the bivouac. Uh, Alaris, Morlinde? Spending a lot of time looking at the map, making sure it seems like everything's, you know, on the right pace, right track. Double and triple checking the battery. Doing lots of last minute prep. Want to make sure everything goes okay. And that all the people that we've come to, to care about and that, you know, everyone makes it makes it home safe. That's the, that's the As goal. As you look at the map, your eyes come upon um, Rum where theoretically you should have been. (laughs) That's where the Mm -hmm. monastery is. It's where the uh, illegitimate princess sired by young Grace Hunter. That's where the the mission Mm -hmm. that has been left behind. Your eyes also go to uh, Helbardor, the capital, the great kingdom of her girth, where King Grace Hunter sits upon his throne. Morality is nervous because the battery is just so scary, you know, and and as as certain as as we have been acting, it doesn't feel very certain. Morland is just sitting on the like at the edge of the the bivouac. Because if I remember correctly, the bivouac's kind of like a lean-to situation, right? There are lean-tos there, yeah. Yeah, so kind of just like meditating, not focusing on what can go wrong, but focusing on what can go right, uh, trying to to stave off the the worry. What victories do you hope for here? What can go right? 
in and out quickly. The folks that were trying to get out of there, the folks that were trying to rescue, do get like safely teleported out. And just like minimal casualties, because this all feels so... This all feels too big. And it feels like there's too many moving parts and too many lives and people involved. C-Squad's other goal, speaking of lives at stake here, C-Squad's other goal is uh, once they get the teleportation circle running and A-Squad is breaking out Echo from the political prison and y'all are rigging the battery to blow, C-Squad is going to go try to get all the uh, soul fodder, yeah, as Callie has put it, out. There are untold amounts of innocent lives that are at stake here as well. People whose names you don't know, people whose names society has largely forgotten. You might remember that these are people who are destitute politically and have been totally disenfranchised and sent here to, uh, in the kingdom of her dearth's mind, be put to use, finally, um, by killing them and using their amethyst hearts in the Warforged. About an hour later, Nexview returns, and first watch is assigned. You're in bed when the door to your tent is thrown open. It's still dark out, and you see Herrick, the second watch, silhouetted against the stars. We've got an update. Get to the mess tent ASAP. Who? Is that just to me? Everybody. All of you. Yes. Got it. Up. Come on. Coming. Roll out of bed. I don't know. I think I'll take my time. Grimton, when you finally get there, (laughs) Callie is standing in the middle of the tent when you arrive. Uh, everybody roll an insight check. Definitely thought you were about to say initiative. I was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> Are we what? in that much trouble? She's a big bad evil guy. I didn't see this twist coming. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled a one. I rolled a one. Insight. Fittingly. That's hilarious. 17. Insight. 21 unnatural. I guess all 21s are unnatural. <laughs> uh, insight. Chilling at a 13. Alaris and Morlinde. You can see... Callie's emotionless face is hiding a lot of worry and a lack of sleep. Grimton, you're oblivious to this, but you do also do a quick count and find that Nexby is not here. Good, 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 good. Here's the current situation. C-Squad has successfully gotten into the storeroom and began their process. That was confirmed hours ago. 15 minutes ago, I received a distress call from C via sending. They said spotted and hunted, leading pursuers away from the circle, but capture likely. Portal will be linked in an hour for you to escape. Get us out first. My guess is that Al, Tarkas, and Marge were scouting the area while the magic was cooking. At any moment now, they will either be killed or taken prisoner. We need to move out now before they have an opportunity to find and destroy the teleportation circle. Here are your new missions. Pay attention. Number one. No one is mentioning what is going on to Nexby. I sent her to get the skiff ready, but that's all she knows. That's all she will know. Got it? Got it. Got it. If something changes, I will be the one to break that news. Number two. 
A-Squad, we're still in charge of breaking out the political prisoners. If C-Squad is captured alive, they'll be taken to the same place as Echo. Herrick, Briston, Gramling, we've got the same mission. It's just with more at stake and fewer allies to help. B-Squad, you will have to assume your role of getting the bomb set and C-Squad's role of getting out the innocents in the fodder cells. That job will be done in that order and that order alone. Got it? You will set the bomb first, mm -hmm. then go after the innocents. Are there questions? Nope. No. Is the trigger working? You look at Alaris. Alaris, you know that Marge has the remote detonator Ooh, at the circle. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's probably gonna work. This is how we all die, isn't it? This is. We'll it. get it. It'll be fine. It'll be uh, fine. We before got we it. load up. Uh, no wait. No wait. Wait. I wanna. I wanna roll uh, insight against that <laughs> okay. or something. I don't <laughs> wanna see if I can pierce I, uh, through uh, that. You know what? Callie's also gonna roll insight. I don't think you have to. She rolled a 19. Callie rolled a 19. I rolled 14. So, Zach, roll, I guess, would he have to roll deception? I rolled an oh, 18 damn. deception. Okay, so I Callie got it. Sorry, Callie she did. rolled a 19 plus her insight, which, as the commander and mastermind for this, is pretty high. Alaris, you make a side eye at Callie, whose eyes are flaming with fury. She says nothing. Cool. <laughs> Before we load up, here's the order of operation one more time. Number one, next we take A squad. Nope. Shut up. Number one, next we takes A squad to the keep. A squad goes in, begins searching for C squad. Number two, next we takes B squad to the keep. B squad goes in, next we circles just in case. I've told her that, that she'll respond to a flare. If you need her, she can get you out with a flare. Hopefully, you won't need her. Number three, B-Squad uh, connects the charge to the battery. You get out the innocence if you can. If not, that's just the way it goes. She says uh, with a, uh, a commander's heart. Number four, A-Squad leaves with C-Squad via the teleportation circle. It should be finished cooking by the time we get there. Five, B-Squad, you leave with or without the innocents. Finally, six, everyone is back here at the bivouac. Then we blow the God's damned keep to the nine hells where it belongs. Got it? Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right, A-Squad load up. She walks out the door. We're gonna flash forward. From above, Maldo Keep is a parallelogram of high walls filled with battlements and towers. Its symmetry is a statement to dwarven architecture and castimentation. Carts going into the keep with goods must first pass through two double portcullis of Barbican on opposite sides of the keep. Then the cart would be led down a long bailey between the high inner and outer curtain walls riddled with machicolations and flanking towers. Finally, the cart must pass through a second double portcullis gate tower in order to reach the inner bailey. In the center of this yard is the tall donjon tower, the central keep. 
It rises high above all other features, providing Overwatch with batteries of ballista, crossbow snipers, and spell slingers. Grimton, you see the billowing clouds rising from the large chimney in the dungeon and know their cause. Baldo Keep sits on a geothermal fissure to the realm of elemental steam. It's what drives the workings of the Warforged factory down below the surface, if not the Warforged themselves. Nexby looks back at the lot of you. What are your instructions? Where do you want me to drop you? <clears throat> We're going straight down the chimney, correct? That's what I thought. With our anti-fire potion stuff? It would make the most sense to drop us up at the top, right? Ground level plus three, as it were. Drop us off, uh, and we can just jump down the chimney from there. I can see from here that there's all sorts of crossbows and, and ballistas. Are you sure you want me to land there? Because I'm not doing Don't it. Don't land there. Don't land there. You got anything that can help you, I don't know, feather fall from a great height or something? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps falling like a feather would be a great idea mm, here. No. I mean, at least two of us can fly <laughs> in some way or another. Do y'all not have Featherfall, really? No. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> I can't have every spell. <laughs> Definitely don't have that one. I don't think I have Featherfall. I've never had Featherfall. Really? Interesting. Well, what other tools can you do to get it? What do you have on your person? Rope. <laughs> Did you not think of any of this during your prep time? Shouts Nexby from the front looking behind. Who else can fly? Grimton, you said two people well, can fly. Well, I have the... Don't sound so exhausted, Elias. <laughs> I have the ring of spell holding, which is holding a charge, a fly. I'll just fly over there, just like a bird. It's just, a, it's just you and me, right? Yeah. How realistic is it for you to just fly carrying me? Because, like, I'm small. Grimton can carry you. Alright, hear me out. You can just tie yourself to my body. Hot. Or, you know whatever part you want. You can hold on if you'd like, but I think fastening yourself with some rope would be easiest and more secure. I'll just fly with you on my back. We tell no one of this ever. I say, like, tying myself. <laughs> you know when people are going, like, skydiving for the first time and they're just, like, strapped to some, like, yeah. ex-Marine's chest? Uh -huh. <laughs> That's kind of what I wanted to imagine, but, like, I feel like more realistically I would be on his back. Yeah, are you backpacking me? Yeah, straight up. Love that. Both of you give me uh, survival rolls, please. <laughs> okay. Fortunately, that is a high skill for me. I don't think it is for me. Confirmed negative one on survival, so. Great. <laughs> 17. Wow, it checks out for both of you. This looks good. Grimton, luckily your your knowledge of ropes is the only survival attribute that you have. That's the one day of Boy Scouts that I paid attention. There you go. Auric, your knowledge of knots and general survivability goes beyond Of this, being a but... warden scout? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd imagine there are times that I've needed to like like rock climb harness my way down something. Yeah, just and repel using your way. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it tracks, you you put it together and yeah. it feels good. So did y'all have enough uh, fire resistance potions? Yes. I believe so for all four yeah, of us. Yeah, we all definitely have at least two. Yeah. Yep. Drain it now and jump off. All right. See you later, next week. We're approaching the trap zone. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just like, like every like war-related video game I've ever played is is happening right yeah, here. Yeah, for real. Wish us luck. I also like the image of us like falling through the air and like chugging a beverage. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all missing. You you jump. You, uh, you, you drain it back, and all of it's missing your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. literally just like. 
holding it under our mouths and then opening it, letting it, like, <laughs> letting it free from <laughs> yeah. All of these things transpire as you dive out of the tyrant's bane. There's a flash as you look up into the night sky and you see uh, the dragon skiff silhouetted against the dark, or rather, you don't see the dragon skiff silhouetted against the dark. For she is fast cloud. She's covered in that cloud. Yep. Thanks to Nexby's quick engineering and uh, Arcana. You're in free fall. I'm not. I'm flying. I have to know what kind of bird Morlindy is. Oh yeah, that's this is, is clearly essential. I'm an owl. Give me stealth checks as you near the great chimney in the center of the the donjon that goes straight down to your knowledge into the keep. I got a 23. 24. Wow. Get wrecked. 13. Some of my stealth is upped by the fact that you can't see me through <laughs> uh, Grimton. Like, the, like, like his is just average, but like I'm hidden behind him. I am at 16. Should Morlinde also get advantage because she's a bird? Just a bird. They're not particularly concerned about that. Well, the other roll was better because I just rolled a one, so. <laughs> 16 will take. Fair enough. As you dive down in the center, remaining silent, you mask yourself into the, the steam of uh, the, the Don John's chimney and pass by in silence the ballistas and spell slingers and crossbow snipers that wait at the ready uh, in this central battlement. You enter through a, a tube of some sort, 10 foot diameter pipe that goes through the very center of this, uh, this keep. And you spy mm-hmm. down below the arcane somethings. It's a, a large chamber with a complicated floor, floor as you get closer. And in the middle are three berobed dwarves going about various and sundry magical business. As you land, Roll initiative. <laughs> mm, can can I do something before we land? Absolutely. Three robed dwarves. Mm-hmm. So, what what do the robes look like as we as we're going down there? Um, like, can we can we like make it out? Sure. A bit? Like, do they look like sciency type robes? Somewhere between a mixture of like cleric and artificer. I just want to hit all of them with a magic missile while we're on our way down. Before Zach does that, just just to make sure I understand, are we falling essentially directly above these people? We're going to fall into the ensouling chamber directly. Precisely. They don't know shit. Y'all are going to get a surprise. Well, but, yeah, but like, would it be hypothetically possible, for instance, to like guide my fall so that I landed on one? Sure. Or are they, well, like, you're fall- not in charge okay. of the falling. That's definitely a Grimton thing. Unless you want to jump off. That's what I'm thinking about doing. I'm thinking about using my ambuscade. Sure. To do a cool aerial move. Yeah. Your initiative is almost certainly going to be higher than mine, so. There's striped hood. There's balding with hood down and (laughs) long hair. Love it. Here's my plan, Joe, and I'll let you tell me how mechanically I'm going to do this. No, I want you to roll initiative first and then give me your plans. Well, I I did roll initiative. Okay, well, give me me y'all's initiative. 12. 13. Thir- no, sorry, 3. 18. Y'all are going to get a surprise round. You want to take care of your ambuscade first? Yes. So if you go down there, it's going to be a problem for, for that whole fireball situation. Uh, well, I'm going to do this anyway, so here we go. Uh, Y'all didn't communicate this. <laughs> yeah. Like, who knows? Yep. No plan was... It's not like we're talking there like, Hey, now, do you think this is a good idea? As, like, the air rushes past. No, I'm. my goal is to... 
quickly detach myself from Grimton. Okay. And then push off of Grimton and, like, land on one of them and have pushed Grimton into another one. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm oh, shoving... Grimton okay. at at one of them and then trying to to land not necessarily fatally like I'm not trying right. to crack spines here I just want the to knock them to the ground you're gonna have to give me a acrobatics check I crit failed that <laughs> boy great yeah okay I so mean like total that was five but holding on to Grimton's collar <laughs> or his belt or something you take a dagger and cut the bonds between you and hold yourself on Grimton's back until you're splitting the difference between these two individuals that you who you want to land on. You push off. Because of the coolness, I'm going to give it that your push drives Grimton correctly over uh, one of these individuals. But this is a strange maneuver, which you have not practiced. Your push knocks you into the wall of the chimney. You begin to fall without hope of steering yourself. Make a dexterity save as you land to try to, like, roll out of this. Oh, well, that's much better. 21. So wait, so I, I will fail at landing on the one I was trying to land on? Correct. Is that roll good enough to instead land ninja roll and then sweep kick? Nope. <laughs> Dang. You crit fail, my dude. Well, but the dex the dex saving roll was pretty good. Yeah, that was to make it to where you only take half okay. of 22 damage. Oh, ow. That's fair, but ow. You absorb it into your body. It's a ninja roll. You, you turn yeah. your, your, your vertical kinetic force into lateral kinetic force, and uh, it saves you many broken bones, but you are still dazed enough to take 11 damage. Yeah, that was not fun. Alaris, Alaric's ambuscade is over. It is your turn at the top of the surprise round. By the end of this surprise round, all of you will have landed on the floor of the insulting chamber. Actually, I guess not because all of you have fly on, so you can land whenever. Uh, Alaric just happens to already be down there because you are the only mundane person. Wow, okay. <laughs> Tell it to me like it is. What a loser. All right, Alaris. Uh, I will land and cast haste, and then I will make an attack. Uh, striped hood, balding, or long hair? Oh, actually, I'll, I'll activate blade song, and then I will attack. So that will be a 27 to hit for 9 damage. 9 damage. Against whom? Balding, no hood. Balding takes 9 damage. <laughs> Who is the closest one to me? Long hair. I want to, like just like kick the back of his knees and like make him fall down. Uh, would you like to make an unarmed strike? Uh, oh God, I crit failed again, Jesus. You roll and quickly make a decision to uh, to kick behind the knees of, of long hair, who uh, is surprisingly solid on their feet. Turn around to see you. This is not going well! I'm going to make the terrain difficult since most of us have fly. Control it up, controller. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> You're still in wild shape. Well, yeah, okay, so I'm going to get out of the wild shape and then do the thing. So you won't, won't be, be flying. flying? Oh my god, but it'll be fine because it'll be far, far away. I'm not going to be up in that shit. Okay. Just fall on one of them. <laughs> it went so well for you. 
Uh, I'm gonna get out of owl form about 40 feet away from where the dwarves are at. I'm going to try and do hold person on the one that is closest to uh, Ilaris. Bald guy. Hooded guy, I think, or old guy, I don't remember. I think that was bald. Bald guy. He's bald yeah. too. He's bald by choice. Like it's not like a. Yeah. A, a Where do you thing. stand on the whole bald versus shaved? Oh my yeah. Goodness. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna cast hold person. Does he have to make a saving throw? At all? I think it's wisdom. Wisdom. Yep. Okay. Wisdom save. He rolled a 13. Wisdom plus one. Does 14 save? He's stuck. Hold person is so clutch. <laughs> yeah. Bald turns around, sees. Alric smashed with Alaris. Oh, God. His eyes are shocked as he is paralyzed with hold person. Oh, it's a rough day for this guy. You were pushed over somebody. Into him. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm going to come in guns blazing, and I have advantage now that he's being held. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> that one's going to be a 22 to hit. It will. 15 damage on my first attack. And then my second attack. Oh, wait. All attacks that land are criticals because he's paralyzed. Ah, you're right. So double damage. Let me roll again for the first one. <laughs> yes, he's about to just, like, meat tenderize this guy. So add another 15 to that. All right, you kill him. Well, <laughs> that's kind of, I was like, I was like, it's two, two hits, maybe three. Like, these guys are squishy. They work in the interior. They're not used to fighting. Yeah, okay. I'm Their just... armor class is 12 without mage armor. Uh, so that's... The first one. Do I have movement left? Can I make it to another one? Nice. Uh, did you fly all the way down or did you drop at all? I'm gonna say I dropped. I'll give you five feet of movement. Does that put me in range of another one? Sure, we'll say they were, we're all close. Do you wanna go for uh, striped hood or long hair? I guess striped hood. Striped hood is your next target as Balding takes a blow. Wait, what weapon were you attacking with? Radiant sword. Or with Gorbring's radiance, uh, you strike down Balding, who collapses and turn to face the one with the striped hood. And it'll be a pushing attack. I'm still gonna do that. Love it. Twelve. Ah, tie goes to the attacker. Go for it. Aha. So 19 damage. Four of that is radiant, and he has to make a Constitution saving throw or be not away up to 10 feet. Con save was a crit fail, so he's 10 foot out and prone, okay? It is Striped Hood's turn, who you just attacked, uh, and this shock and fear is going to cast uh, Hold Person on you, Grimton. Please make a wisdom, wisdom saving throw. Yes. That's a 10. Mm, you are paralyzed, DC 14, and held in place for around. Long hair is going to spin around, see this kerfuffle, and is going to cast mage armor on themselves. It's going to be Alaris. Is the person that I was attacking still right next to me? Balding? Yeah. Balding is D-E-D -E dead. Who's the closest person? Uh, let's say Long Hair is. Eat him. I'll throw a firebolt at Striped Hood. Okay. Firebolt? Striped Hood is prone, so make your attack with advantage. Uh, I did not crit but i still hit nice and that will be 13 damage 13 and then damage. second attack great is a nat 20 <laughs> also on striped hood or now on long hair so long hair so that will be 13 more damage the scene follows alaris as he launches uh this firebolt at uh the one prone on the ground who tries to get out of the way 
but trips on their own robes, uh, trying to crawl out of the, the blast radius, and it smashes into them. Uh, the camera then picks back up as Alaris goes after the Soul Forger with the long hair and uh, strikes them. I guess I'll just do a, a, a normal melee attack against Striped Hair. Striped okay. Hair? Wait, Striped Hair? Yep. Or uh, Striped Hair. Yeah, they, they fused. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. No, long hair. <laughs> that was a secret. Normal attack um, using my sword. The base roll is a 19. Okay. Yeah, I figure that'll hit <laughs> seven damage. Striped Hood is Little slashy slash. putting their hands up to pr try to protect themselves against your slashy slash colloquially. Oh, you're going after long hair. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I said striped hair striped earlier. Striped hair. Sorry, you're confusing me. I blame you for me not listening. <laughs> you do the damage. Uh, at that point, Ulrich, you feel you feel eight bits of pressure, um, a force, go into your body from behind. Nice. Six, seven, bad. eight doing 26 total damage as eight total magic missiles rip through one of the corridors that uh, lead out of this ensouling chamber and into your body. Where did those come from? And you spin around and see uh, through the north hallway, if you're looking at the map, is another soul forger coming down with face a snarl and their hood up. This this assailant is hood up. Got it. And very powerful. Nah. Speak for yourself! Moreland Day, you see another person who has not yet struck, but they conjure in their hands some more darts that erupt from their hand and also go to strike Ulrich. Yikes. For it is Ulrich who they witnessed do the damage. Uh, Man, and you know, uh, like, I almost did, like, a bigger spell. I almost, like, came in a little bit, but I was like, nah, like, things will get worse, so I need to save my good spells for something later. They still might. I think so. this is the something later. Oh, I mean, I'm over here getting Kamehameha'd by these these uh, magic missiles, so. 21 damage oh, on the second strike. God. This soul forger wears no robe at all, but does have something in uh, on their person. Uh, that denotes them as clearly an enchanter of, uh, of power. Two new combatants have entered the space. Okay, and they're they're pretty far off, yes? Uh, sure. I'm gonna play it safe and grow a bunch of uh, spiky plants and thorns over where they're at. 20 foot uh, radius. Not actually between, like literally where they are. It's gonna grow up right around them. Anytime they move, they've gotta take 2d4 piercing damage. Cool, remind me that. So they're stuck. Unless they want to get hurt. It also means yeah, that my friends need to maintain distance as well. Difficult terrain. When a creature moves into or within the area, it takes damage. Okay, so if it doesn't move at all, Correct. it's fine. Yeah, but I don't want them to get any closer to us. Control it up, controller. Well done. Striped Hood's turn, who uh, has been assaulted by Alaris uh, and was prone. They will stand up, cast mage armor on themselves, and then try to run away with the rest of their movement. There is an who, who is this that's doing this? Striped Hood, who is on the ground. That's a 18 to hit. 18 to hit will do it. They had one single hit point left. <laughs> they are out of the game and collapse on the ground. Long hair, 
who Auric had attacked, going to launch Fireball at the lot of you. Everybody make a dexterity saving throw. DC 14. Oh, nice. See, told you Fireball was a good move. I, my base roll was a 15. I think it's a 19 for me. Yeah, 19. 21. Will that hit any of uh, any of the other people? No, because the, the ones that were in the insulting chamber have died, <laughs> and the other two are outside. Fair. Dexterity saving throw, you say? Yep. All right, I got a 20. All right, so if you did not save your DC 14, uh, take 33 hit points. If you did save, uh, take 16 damage <laughs> as residual fire blasts out. Oh, I'm down. I'm very down. Guess what I ate yesterday? What did you eat yesterday? I went to Fazoli's. What? There are still Fazoli's? There are two Fazoli's along I-35 in Texas that I've driven by. There might be more. And it's weird because they're both in college towns. So one's in Waco and one's in San Marcos. Yeah. And they're both on the same side of the road and they both have a Chick-fil-A and some Hawaiian fast food restaurant and a sandwich. They like it's like they're it's like a deja vu carbon copy thing going <laughs> on, which you see along 35 a lot with like all the shopping centers and stuff. All like all of Texas looks the same. Um yeah. but anyway, so after I went and saw my parents in Dallas, um, I was hungry and I still had like two and a half hours, so I had to get home. And so I saw the Fazolis and I was like, oh my God, I can like relive my childhood. Because, like, going to the Fazoli's in Fayetteville was, like, was, like, a reward. Like, it was, like, you get good grades, let's go to Fazoli's. Where was the Fazoli's in Fayetteville? Uh, it was, uh, it's something else now. Um, what's that super long road that comes into Springdale and goes up the big hill, it goes by college? locomotion, and it go is it college? 71B? Yeah, yeah. 71B. It was on 71B in Fayetteville across from the Blockbuster, which is now a Plato's Closet. So it's on the across... On Fiesta Square? No, it's like south or north of Fiesta Square. But it's over there by where... I don't know, it's been a very long time. But there was a Fazoli's in Fayetteville when we were in, like, elementary school. <laughs> I never went to it, and I got yeah. to Northwest Arkansas in 2004, so it might have been post-Fazoli's. Yeah, out. well, yeah. It, it was there... Yeah, there. you might have gotten there, like, the last year or so of the Fazoli's. <laughs> but, can, we, t can we be uh, some a little more inclusive to our non-American audience and explain what a Fazoli's is? Actually, probably our American audience as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is very obscure. It, 
a, a, a Fazoli's is a fast food Italian joint. Not like a pizza fast place. Fast food spaghetti. But you fast can get ravioli. spaghetti and meatballs and breadsticks in a drive-thru. I got baked spaghetti at the drive-thru yesterday. And I... <laughs> well, I know Fazoli's. I know this, this logo. It's so good. Fazoli's in the 1700 block of Walnut and Rogers. Oh, and it's so good. And it tastes literally exactly the same. Like, you know, when you have stuff you <laughs> really? ate yeah, when you yeah, were yeah. a kid... And you were mm-hmm. like, uh, and now you eat it as an adult, it's like truly terrible. Like, I don't know if you've been to CC's as an adult, but it's not a good time. It's so bad. How dare you? <laughs> it, it's a good time, but it is bad. For I me. think it's a perfectly fine time. <laughs> well, yeah, that $4.99 buffet is great, but like. I go to, I go to CC's like once a week right now. <laughs> but. Like, it's $10 for all you can eat food. The brownies are pretty good. It's ten dollars where you live. It's five here. It's, it's still five where you're at. <laughs> yeah, it's four four ninety nine. That's crazy. Dang. I think yeah. it's definitely closer to ten up here. Northwest Arkansas inflation. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so I went to Fazoli's and it was awesome. That was my story. Uh, oh, I got. I'm in the middle of a big stretch. Hold on. Big, big stretch. stretch. Oh, like a cat. Are you good, kitty? Meow. Oh, you weren't talking to me. Yeah, I, I, I thought Sarah was making a joke, and then I looked up, and she was turned around talking to her actual Are you cat. good, kitty? <laughs> I'm not convinced right. she wasn't talking to a human. We don't know what she and Richard are into. <laughs> Richard's at work. Doing what? Being a cat. As a cat? Mm-hmm. Richard's a cat girl. He works at one of those, like, maid cafes, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping all this in too. This is good. A small sword? A short sword? Short sword, sorry. Small swords are actually things, but okay. I have two of them. What's a small sword? A small sword is a, like a... A, a very small sword. No, not a hand a, and a half sword? Not a hand and a half sword. It's, mm, picture like an officer's, an infantry officer's uh, dress arm. I've got two Nazi... Small swords. All right, I have seen those swords. Well, now I'm gonna Google that. Yes, you have. That my papa took over. Oh. Kill, killed some fascists for it's most, most of the time. It's just a small sword. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. So they're very <laughs> rapier-like, but they're not. Most they're very rapier-like. Okay. But they're not rapiers. Small. I think I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. And and just thought they were rapiers. Um. Yeah. Most of the time, I've seen them have been times when Joe is like, "I want to bring out the swords," and then Aaron's like, "Joe, please don't bring out the swords." That's incorrect because normally Aaron is the one that says, "You gotta check out these swords." Also, check out this cannonball I have. Mm. Um. For the audience, I am holding up a cannonball. Right that now. is a real this cannonball. cannonball. This is a real cannonball. This real cannonball was from uh, the Battle of Pea Ridge. I was going to say United that. United States ah. Civil War. Um, well, I was every ask you fourth you got grader's favorite field yeah. trip. When my grandfather, in like the fifties or sixties, he was a carpenter. Uh, same same grandfather that uh, looted those small swords from Nazi officers and a Luger. Um, <laughs> when he when he was uh, doing carpentry, the the park was like, "Hey, we're gonna re- redo and remodel Elkhorn Tavern. Come up and do it." And while he was there, he either found or was given this cannonball, uh, which is illegal. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is technically technically like looted from. So yeah, <laughs> confirmed. 
your grandfather is a rogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you you see some, you get it. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. That's the story. That's the story I tell. Yeah, this is this is all for the narrative we're we're building. It's all hearsay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing I mean, can be confirmed. I have heard that Ted Cruz likes to piss his pants because he likes the feeling of the warmth between his legs. <laughs> sure, yeah. I thought that was common knowledge. <laughs> Ted, the Zodiac Killer Cruz, likes to piss his pants. That tracks. I'm probably looking up a lot, looking towards Celestia. Maybe a quick prayer to Bahamut and Moradin for guidance and strength. Dwarf Father, it is under your guidance and blessing that we are carrying out this mission. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom <laughs> and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Bet his dick is huge. I have lots of misgivings about what's going to transpire. <laughs> me too. <laughs> As a dungeon master, me too. The the specific point for me, Stephen, the player, uh-huh. is the thing about the innocence. It's like we're gonna, you know, blow that thing up no matter what. I've uh, yeah. I've feelings about that. I also don't like where this is going. No, it's fine. We're the good guys. I can I can see the blur of Richard Richard in the background behind you, Sarah. <laughs> Can you give him a kiss for me? What? No. Give give Richard a kiss for me, please. You have Tell to him say it's, it's from, me. from Joe. Yeah. yeah. Richard, Richard, don't leave. Richard. <gasps> Joe wants me to kiss you for them. It's blurry. It is blurry. I can't really. Richard could be naked now, but he would look well, very Well, <laughs> pretty weird. I don't know. Like, <laughs> He's actually green. I'd be wondered what was wrong with Richard if, 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 if that this was is it. naked Richard in the green. Venereal diseases are nuts. Are you helicoptering now, Richard? Is that what that was? <laughs> That's exactly what that was. I like to imagine Wild Shape as just like you like enter this like almost like a pocket universe like in your mind and it's just this like white empty room that's kind of big with all the animals you could turn into and what you Wild Shape into is whatever you could chase down. That's bold. Okay. It's <laughs> so, like you run into it and you touch that's it and what that's you what are, you become. Right? And like this happens in like a timeless space, you know, uh, and and do that. She comes back it's, consistently it's, exhausted, which is why she's never in wild shape. Yeah. It's so hard to catch well, anything. And like I like that because it also kind of explains how you like it takes time to get good at it and like get different animals and stuff cuz like the early ones are pretty easy and just yeah. like snatch one of those little turds. But some of the other ones are harder to get. 